This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and I'd happily take Dick. I'm B-List on Capital, and I'm Aaron Twitchin. <laughs> and you're listening to Sissy That Pod, your favourite RuPaul's reaction podcast. Today we are getting in to RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 5, Episode 5. The Panto Dames, the queens are putting out a panto for us, and it was great. I am a panto fan. I've been in a lot of pantos. I've done yeah. panto over in Dublin. What character did you play? I was when we were, did this. So I was doing schools tours, and I was in a two-person production. So there were two actors, and we were doing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I don't know how, but there were two of us, and no, no none of us played dwarfs, and I don't think either of us played Snow White either. This, I don't know how this script carried i have blacked it out i think i was playing the villain and the dame i do know that i got to sing lion king be prepared and none okay. of the kids knew it because it was six or seven years ago and then that I movie lion is king. That was old. too yeah. old yeah the script, <laughs> script was terrible okay and not only was the panto great our guest this week was absolutely great hilarious all-round broadcaster personality star charlie craggs joins us to get into this week's episode She's so fantastic and she has backstage gossip. Yeah, I mean, I I do worry that we're going to get a strongly worded letter from Vicky Vivacious's lawyer on slander in this episode. But uh... You might. I'm not. I think I might get her badge for defending her honour. Okay. <laughs> if that makes no sense, you'll hear it when you get into the podcast. So let's, without any further ado, let's get into it. Charlie Craggs, thank you so much for joining us here on Sissy That Pod. How are you and how are you enjoying RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 5? I'm fuming. I'm absolutely seething! I'm (laughs) currently writing a letter to RuPaul, to Mr. RuPaul Charles. Um, Just very confused. I do not understand what I just watched. Um, Yeah. Could you give us a sneak preview of what what the contents of that letter, what it would look like? It's gonna be like the white chick's letter when they're like, Dear Mr. Royal Hampton, I am a <laughs> white woman in America. It's gonna be that, but me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna um boycott as a BBC presenter with my one presenting gig I did. I'm gonna boycott until they revoke that decision because I'm so confused. I really am. Like I'm I'm absolutely fuming and just absolutely baffled like because the person who went home I really thought was gonna be like 
a potential winner of the series, but definitely at least at worst a winner of that lip sync. I was so confused. So what when we 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 were going to record later on the season, we had a guest who dropped out. You jumped forward in schedule, much appreciated. Excited to chat, but you said. I might be a good guest for this week because I'm friends with the queen who goes home, which was like intriguing to me because then I watched the because so like Aaron, Aaron, I've been saying Didi's going home next, right? Didi, she's going home next. The whole episode. <laughs> no, I feel bad was, for her. The whole episode, no, I felt. But she didn't. <laughs> I feel bad for her, but I don't want to anger Charlie. I don't want to receive a strongly worded letter in the post from a white with the royal that. mail as it is. I'll be scared to open that thing. The anthrax she's sending. <laughs> I like the way Charlie's actually, it's not even an email, it's a letter. And she, oh, I love the way you're citing it like, Dear sir or madam, whatever you're dressed for today, <laughs> yours fumingly, Charlie Craig. I like waited a long time to be a woman. It took me, I was like 20 when I started transitioning. So like, I am fully leaning into being a, a, a white woman now that it's my time. <laughs> and letter writing is what white women do best. We spend, yes. I, 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 I love yeah. that for you. My Move over cancel culture, it's Karen yeah. culture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's that's what that's what JK Rowling is worried about. She's yeah. worried if trans women realize the power that the pen has, that's what they'll <laughs> all be doing it. Honestly. Before you know it, they're writing books as well. <laughs> but so yeah, I, sp- I, I, I spent the whole speed. hour and ten minutes thinking of how I'm going to like, you know, I was like, this could Charlie could be Didi's childhood friend and we have to like discuss how Also she that's such a compliment because it. I'm like ten years older than Didi. So thank you for a see- I was like I would be a, like a bit of a pedo if I was friends with uh, as a child. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. But actually it's Banksy. I love Banksy. So yes. I'm so I'm I'm I mean obviously I'm sad that Banksy's gone home. But yeah, I'm yeah, it was such a I must say, obviously I didn't want Banksy to go home and I know we're jumping right to the end of the episode. Yeah. But this ep- this show, having watched so much of it, having talked about it for so long, this show rarely surprised me. And when I get Thanks. surprised, I am happy. And it's yeah. bittersweet because I'm happy I'm surprised, but I'm sad it's at mm. Banksy's best. I did think the same thing, actually. It was like, oh, the show is still surprising us. So, yeah. Well, I think but, it's not even this okay. show. I think it's just this season. I don't know if RuPaul's been doing a lot of coffee animas this season like he was on that American <laughs> season. But honestly, <laughs> it's like the first episode shocked me with no offense with who won in that first episode i did not see i went to the the prep not the premiere it's like it's not very glam but they just do like a screening for like the queens and, da, 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 and like influencers so i was invited to that and bear in mind i was there feeling the vibe in the room watching the reactions i thought that girl was going home i thought miss vicky i did not see that for the i literally could not believe it uh when i then got home and watched like they didn't show us the end of the episode until it came out on the actual day it came out so they they ended at like the the rue announcing who's like going home and stuff anyway so that shocked me and then the next week even with um alexis going home after that lip sync and i love like i actually did really love naomi and i'm so glad she stuck around but having said that i was really shocked that like alexis like did actually do a bit more with the lip sync that shocked me this week has shocked me so honestly it feels like like this this season they're really like maybe there was a bit of a lull and they're like trying to get to season two levels of like f- crazed crazed fans you know because it it like yeah 
it's like not really reached the heights since season two. Well, I know you didn't come out of your your premiere uh, that impressed with Vicky. So when you said, "Oh, someone's going," I'm, I'm friends with the person who goes home this week. I was like, "Well, Vicky's safe." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's she's safe from from elimination, but she's not safe from my mouth because I tell yeah. you this as well. After thinking she should have gone home, then I really wanted her to go home because then after the premiere, we're like all mixing like the drinks area. And this bitch pushed past me. She pushed me. Miss Vicky pushed me out of the way. She thought I was some peasant, like some like helper or something. And she barged past me and pushed my back. And I, she was so lucky I didn't turn around and tell her about herself. So I really don't like her. I'm sorry. I'm Actually, I'm not sorry. I said it. I don't like her. And I'm sick of her talking about pasties as well. Can she, if, if a fucking episode doesn't go past where she reminds us that she's Cornish and she's pasties, I'm like, all right, we get it. Okay. <laughs> it's a race. It's a race to see who will say the word first. Will she say pasty or will Michelle say Tesco? You don't know, but it's a good gamble. <laughs> Being Cornish is not a personality. Like, I don't think it's even like, it's not even distinctive. It's like, she can't make any other Cornish references because they're, there aren't really any. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've got your pasty. Okay, we get it. You like pasties. Got it. <laughs> Let's jump back to the start of the episode. After Naomi's <clears throat> elimination, Ginger gets a bit ballsy and kind of like has a go at Caramel and was like, "Babe, you were rubbish in the in the challenge." It was fun to see because I think people have been kind of like letting Caramel be the the large presence she is in the workroom to date and I think now they're getting a bit more confident and they're happy to like stand up to her. I thought yeah. that's interesting. I like that actually and I I mean I thought it was true as well. Like I was again not being Banksy's like saviour and like even if I wasn't her friend, I thought she was the best out of their group last week. So I was really shocked when they turned mm-hmm. on her, the other two and were like basically saying as well as saying she threw them under the bus when they literally did that to her that it was the complete opposite. But they also were like thinking that they were better than Banksy and I'm like Banksy was the only one getting laughs you neither of you got laughs like you so it just shocked me like and I was I was really proud of Ginger that she did that and also like side note I think Ginger is so handsome like this episode I was like oh my god like I don't maybe I don't know what it was but there was something about Ginger this episode I was like oh my god I had that in episode one yeah I'd not seen it until now was it their lack of arms and like now that the glasses have come off I'm like oh yeah I love a, I love a, I love a power queen. Um, <laughs> I rewatched the argument in the week um, between like Vicky and um, Banksy and Caramel, and I do. I thought that I was like, oh, they totally threw her under the bus. But when I rewatched it, I actually, I don't think Vicky said that much. She definitely didn't apologize at any point. Um, and I think it's really, they're really trying to edit some drama out of everything because I think people are really getting on. And I think what really happened is people had feelings. And I think the best thing to have seen out of that is Banksy came back really quickly being like, I had feelings, this is how I felt, like I don't want to go with that. And she was really quick to let go. And I thought that was amazing to no, watch her on the No, this week. Stop speaking, not amazing. <laughs> I like seeing people be grown and like get over arguments. It's nice not having drama, although I love watching drama. So it's I'm I'm torn and confused. That, I mean, my that's feelings. dramatic. I like to watch the drama, but I want to see people grow. <laughs> uh, okay, before the reading challenge, there's like the Didi has a little I don't know talk about how the queens are being whittled down quickly, and she says it's it's a massacre in here, and for no apparent reason they just do this like blood splurt graphic did you see that 
I thought yeah, it was, it was a really bad graphic. It was like a reference to that film where the man goes around killing people on summer camp. I thought. Okay. Are you too? Am, am I? Are you too gay for that reference, babe? It was. <laughs> I, it was that film. I don't know the film. It was like a massacre. Yeah. You're, you're a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I will know. watch. I will watch a massacre film if like Paris Hilton dies, and I'll watch it until that point, and then I'll be like, mm, I'm good. What I should know who was in this one is that um, Kelly Rowland's in it, and she calls someone the F word in it. Oh, <laughs> she calls Freddy Krueger yeah. a faggot. Isn't that the one where she's like, they're on a camp, they go to like a summer camp or something at the end, and then like he kills. Yeah, them. I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> seen Miss Kelly doing yeah. things. Just saying the F word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel this was like some deviant uh, intern who was like, "Let's let me leave my stamp on the production. Let me show some blood graphic out of nowhere in this chat." Very strange and uh, made me question. I actually loved it though because uh, my terrible ex worked in like uh, graphic design and like animation, and the thing he hated most watching Drag Race was that fucking lipstick at the beginning. Like every episode, it would wind him up how badly animated it was. <laughs> so for him to be struck in the middle of an episode unsuspecting with a really badly animated blood splatter, I, it just gave me joy. It really did give me joy. <laughs> I hope the telly you. froze in that moment. I'm happy for you. Thank you. This week's mini challenge was the reading challenge. The library was open. I don't think the UK seasons have had the best history of reads, but I think this was a pretty strong year. Aaron, do you have any favourite reads from this week's show? I mean, I do think the reading challenges are always quite weak. I thought Banksy was good with Dee Dee Parted. I thought that was quite funny. Um... It was nice to find something Tamara can't do. That was um, <laughs> awkward. Kara got like a tumbleweed edit as well. Oh, big like, time. It wasn't great, but like they really gave her this tumbleweed edit, didn't they? Like, mm, silence for you. Um, but I did like Kate's Miss Naomi Carter, which must have been a shiftily rewritten joke, I'm imagining. I imagine originally it was meant to be like, Miss Naomi Carter, will we? And then it was like quickly, oh, do we? Do we? <laughs> yeah. Charlie, any faves? Yeah, I liked um I think I actually love like when people flop, especially like when the like the young, the pretty ones who like think they're the shit flop because you're like you're like it just is really nice to see them be humbled for a second. Um but then um I really well I didn't not to jump on the I hate Vicky because she pushed me train again. But I love when she sent her really weird one to Banksy about like, I don't know if I want to fuck your feeder. And it was so yeah. uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. I was like, is somebody else going to get removed from the season? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so uncomfortable. I really enjoyed my... And then she did the, I'm going to sit on your face, like Squidward's nose oh, type yeah. moment <laughs> as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed Michael's um, Kate's so ugly that there was tinted glass on her incubator. I thought that, that was, was a good. very clever one. That was very good. Yeah. I think that was it my was favorite. very, my mother-in-law is so awful. How awful is she, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 There was. Yeah. I, I thought it was, re- yeah, that was quite good. There was like a GCSE joke from Ginger. Um, what else? Oh, she had the I E Y. That was oh, quite clever. That was so clever. That, that was, was clever. So that was meta. <laughs> but it was nice to see Kate win something, wasn't it? Like, I yeah. felt like she needed to win something. I'm actually surprised she didn't win the whole Sorry. episode, if I'm honest. I thought she carried the entire episode. 
Oh, I wonder did the look let her down, I think. Yeah, I think so. But also, like, they're very weird about looks because in some ways it carries weight and then in some ways it doesn't. Like, I thought Banksy's look was amazing tonight. The makeup, she looked beautiful. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it, but yeah. yeah. We always say this, like, I, I don't think you can win a challenge off a look, but you can lose a challenge on a look. That's, Is that what yeah, you yeah. yeah, I think that's... that's it's that's, like... Yeah. Basically. Yeah, so Kate wins the... Uh, the, the reading challenge they said to call her Catherine for some reason at that point um, I, I guess she I would say she had probably the most consistently good reads across all of the queens um, mm. whereas I think that one Michael Joke was probably the best one so I think in the room she I imagine she definitely did the best then they allocate their roles for the musical. There's a bit of an argument over who does what. I don't think it's that important in the grand scheme of Kate things. Kate got a prize, actually. That was a good prize. I think they need more prizes in what was Drag the prize? Race. To, like, so she got to pick her character. Oh, sorry. I mean, yes. it, they could have made it better by, like, she got to assign. Like, if they want the drama, yeah. go for assigning. But, like, I feel like you should win an advantage each mm. week. Yeah, there should like, be more uh, stakes. That's what they need to do to spice it more, up. Yeah. More peril, as we always say. Peril Streep. Get her in there. Yeah. We need to mix things up. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's... Charlie's a- not interested yeah. in any more peril because she is on paragraph <laughs> three of her strongly worded letter <laughs> that is now yeah. going to Vicky for pushing her. <laughs> Honestly, that's what Charlie thinks. Charlie thinks the prize should be you get to push Vicky every time you win, (laughs) and you get to push her into a different box of things like oh, a bag of nails, like eels, into a a Cornish pasty, into 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 the fucking into like the Tory uh, conference because like honestly, the also the obsession with like like guards and the army is just constant as well. I've just got a real vendetta against her. I need to get. Know, I'm never going to no push one, you. I had no one to vent this to, so we'll you're get the it. Just save space. Not Vicky yeah. Vivacious. It's Vicky Vendetta tonight. I That's was silly. bullied, and I'm Love getting it. off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything we wanted to say during the vocals with Dane and Michelle, or the Cario with Karen Howard? There's only not that much. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed the musical director having a piano that he never played. I love a useless prop. I was trying to see whether it was plugged in because you told me before that things are not plugged in. And I was trying, because I I was finally watching on a telly, not on my phone. I was trying to follow that wee little cable. Uh, I don't know where it went, but I enjoyed that man. I don't know who he is or what he did, but it was fun to have him there. Just as a prop. (laughs) He he was a useless prop, to be honest, though. <laughs> I also love that they're really pushing this. They did it in like another push. <laughs> this other thing where they say where they say the, the Michelle the voice. I'm like, girl, we need to calm down. Like, love Michelle, but you need to stop, please. Like Whitney Houston was called the voice. You need to really say, like, I know Literally. she was on the Bodyguard soundtrack, but she's not the Track voice. Nine, yeah. <laughs> isn't isn't the voice like the Slayer? Like every time one dies, it goes into the body of another, and it's just <laughs> Michelle's turn to be the voice now. <laughs> For as long as she's with us. Oh my gosh. Although I will say at the premiere thing that I went to, Michelle looked incredible. Like absolutely. I've never seen someone be so snatched in their life. She was, Mm. she didn't even look real. Like her body is insane. So I I would say Michelle the body visage rather than Michelle the voice visage. But yeah. I mean, why not the face? The The face face visage. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into the main challenge, there was a really... Uh, I thought poignant conversation on drag story time versus the sort of the mm. history of the pantomime dame in the UK and kind of the importance of queer representation 
and its significance. And I guess <clears throat> it particularly hit home with me, I suppose, this week. Uh, in Ireland, there was a, a court case that just finished of a man who murdered two gay guys last the early early last year, um, who he met on Grinder basically. And it just got me thinking about how the, how so much shame and stuff in this community leads people to do reckless things like meet up with somebody who's using a fake name because hopefully it'll be fine and unfortunately those two men you know lost their lives and how like queer representation and drag story time is pivotal Mm -hmm. step in the direction to like help us see ourselves when we're younger and prevent us doing dangerous things like that um for you know for thrills um so i thought it was really important especially everything going on in america and stuff like that so yeah i thought it was a really Mm. nice topic of conversation yeah and this is why it's important to have older queens on there as well because not that younger queens can't have that perspective as well because they've had some really good insight in the last few weeks but like the memory of that as well and I thought it was really important that Ginger got to say on the BBC uninterrupted that the homophobia that we're seeing now and the transphobia that we're seeing now is just regurgitated narrative from the 70s it's the same thing that they've been saying and they just redirect it in different places and it's even more relevant at the moment especially with the like rampant transphobia that's being seen that is just being directed in that way and yet it's the the people that are doing that aren't directing it at the was there a police officer this week that got convicted for i think it was 210 child uh, sex offences and they're not saying anything about that they're just digging around trying to find the one supposedly transphobe the trans person that's done any sort of act so I think it was really important that middle-aged Susan at home got to hear that yeah. before she got to see some pretty dresses walk down a runway and like an audience that watches Drag Race that maybe isn't as used to hearing that side of it I yeah, so, yeah. more old queens I totally agree. Like more old queens, even just for the and like older queens, just for the like entertainment value as well. Like I feel like they are mm. they're the ones who are giving me this season. Like, I'm 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 like they're the ones I'm interested in watching. But also, like you said, I think that was so powerful when Ginger and I'm so glad she she just she put it across so eloquently as well that like and and also really accessibly mm. that like in a way mm-hmm. that just like anyone watching could understand and also like what you said as well about how she said about it's just like repackaged from the 70s it's 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 so true and like having especially like obviously you said about like the trans stuff at the moment just like being right in that and seeing like that it really is literally just like a headline like there's even been like um that instagram i can never remember their name it's like matt iv or something you know the really the one that everyone shares their infographics anyway oh i know yeah they're like an american guy guy, yeah and they um did one where they compared literally the headlines from then to headlines from now and it's like so Mm. you it literally is word for word isn't it yeah it's just word for word and it's like and also they made the point about how like people aren't uh thinking you need to protect kids from pantomime dames who are not like often played by like even like straight celebs often like sometimes like celebs. it's like it's it is the 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 worry comes like with the queer like it, it, they're they're worried about queer people being around kids and you know like like and even if you take it even to like a more like kind of meta level um, that's the last time i'm going to say meta on this because i've said that twice now and I, I don't even know what it means but like if you think about it like we have what... to play mark zuckerberg yeah. Every time uh, yeah but honestly let me say my point because honestly if you think about it like what is the difference between like a woman a woman who wears makeup and women's clothes sitting there and reading like stories to a kid like any primary school teacher does to like just because it's a, a like a man someone signed a male at birth like a, a drag queen also wearing the same dress and they could be wearing the same amount of makeup 
do you think queer people are inherently bad? Like you must do if you think that we we need to be kept away from children or that is, or why why do you think we, it, it must be because you think being queer is bad and you wouldn't want que- like kids to know that yeah. they can be queer or that queer exists, you know? It's just, it's a fucking shit show. And I'm so glad like you said that that conversation was had and massive like respect to like the people, the producers on that show because like mm-hmm. we've seen like headlines come out of the BBC that are the complete opposite of that. And like even, do you remember like this time, like, um, well, it might have been two years ago, not last year, but they're like the the top guy at the BBC, the ex-Tory person. I can't remember his name. Mark Davis, something Davis, Commissioner. Something. Yeah, and then um, he um, came out and said like BBC employees can't go to Prides. You can't go to any, yes. and then and then he got pushed back, yeah. and then he said, okay, you can go to Pride. You just can't go to Trans Pride, and it's like it's so important like just the fact that these producers on on this show were able to get away with um having put out that message like you said i think is incredible and especially ginger i'm really proud of as well okay let's move on to the actual panto we'll just go and so sorry the category was mirror mirror let's go through each of the queens discuss their panto performance and look and we'll work through it that way it might be the best way to do it that's so much for you to expect of us my notes aren't prepared in that way let me to remind you uh first up to high level comments this was really really good i really enjoyed it i i put my notes down and i just watched it and i and i like even the queens who were bad were, were good so i thought it was no good. one was bad no one was bad um First up was Caramel. She gave us a, a look that was made for Beyonce in this sort of bra, loin area, arm cuff, headpiece, mirror, eleganza, the gorgeous like mirrored wig as well. This was amazing. And then she played Lisa Totley in, the, in the musical. She did a great job. Yeah. Considering she doesn't know who Lisa Scott Lee is. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing Caramel is not a particular fan of Never or Now despite it now being on vinyl. Um I think yeah they they her and Tamara definitely had the most fun performance that I thought was the best. Despite I not really understanding why they were there. I what I love about this panto was they didn't feel a need to give it a script. I mean clearly there was a script but they didn't feel the need for that to be coherent or make any sense or have any sort of structure or narrative. It was just, huh, how many times can we feasibly get away with a dick reference before the audience get tired? And they realized it was five more times after we were tired, but that was fine because they peppered it with pussy. And that's nice, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know who those characters were supposed to be, to be fair. I don't know. I mean, I understood that... Dick Whittington lost his cat. Banksy the Witch took it. And after that, I lost. I lost the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was just that someone backstage owned a shiny one shoulder top and they thought, huh, Tamara will look amazing in this. <laughs> and she did. And she looked like she was going to sing Better Best Forgotten. And I forgot everything after she said, or after Caramel said B list at Capital, I was like, fave? <laughs> and I wrote a strongly worded letter to the BBC saying more of this, please. Absolutely. Honestly, our, our the amount of money we're spending on postage stamps throughout this episode is through <laughs> the Do you know how much a stamp is, Charlie, before you finish that letter? I, Honestly, a stamp these days is like 78p. I think it's like a pound now for a first class one, pretty Stop much. Stop it. Yeah, it's mad. 
It's like the Royal, it's like the Royal Mail don't know that email is free. Like, honestly, <laughs> what a grift. <laughs> this is primary content, the price of stamps. Uh, let's jump to Tamara, uh, who was her partner, who played uh, D from Stairs. Uh, also had this like chrome plates on the legs and the thighs and chrome knickers with white hair. This to me was a lot less effective than caramels. And it's interesting because they live together. I mean, I know you love chatting about their house. Oh, you know, very similar ideas on the runway. You know, obviously a duo in in the challenge. Did you think Tamara deserved to be safe, Charlie? Uh, I actually, it's like you read my mind because I don't know how you knew that. But I was going to say, because I thought it was weird that like in the tops and bottoms, it was literally just Dee Dee and Banks who knew they were lip syncing because there was no other third person. And I was thinking they should have thrown Tamara in because of the outfit because it was given like, do you remember Carmen Carrera on the Space Challenge where she just wore like pants with a bit of metal glue to it? And like it was just, it was like a bit lackluster. It was like that. It was just like slightly elevated. And I, I thought she did good in the challenge, obviously. But, like, I thought there's someone's got to be a third. So, like, it's a bit weird that they they chose four tops and everyone knew who was going to be lip syncing. Yeah, I actually totally agree. When I was watching the episode, I actually thought Tamara deserved to be in the yeah. bottom as well. I Same. think her, you couldn't hear her Based on, words on as well. What, the outfit or the... The performance. Oh. Like, I know she danced well. I couldn't... Like, I thought her diction wasn't that great. I didn't really love her outfit. Her diction? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know I just like I don't think I got any of her individuality through the performance mm. which means that she was playing a member of Steps extremely well a member of Stairs <laughs> she was blended Stairs, stairs. <laughs> oh sorry I mean Stairs <laughs> I love um, that I quite liked I liked what she was wearing I also love that yeah um Caramel and Tamara live together and they came in matching outfits and I wonder if they were like sat in their living room like making them and they were like to each other I'm making this for Renaissance oh I'm making this for Renaissance too and they're just like completely pretending well that, would, nice that, they... that wouldn't have happened because Tamara's never seen Caramel make one of her outfits so <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think it's more like Tamara being like, Kara, look what I look what I made for the runway. And then Kara's like, oh, well, I got something that was made for Beyonce. So yeah. <laughs> or maybe it was more like Kara <laughs> was coming in to like wrap herself up a tuna sandwich. And she's like, where's all the bacon foil gone? There's no tin foil left. Where is it all? <laughs> OK, Didi is up next. She was playing Dame Muffin Top. And on the runway, she gave us a Bloody Mary-inspired look in the sort of, like, Victorian gown with a really gorgeous sort of uh, reflective mirror ruff, I think they call it, or is it a muff? Yeah. Um, and I thought, I, I actually, I know they kind of had a go at her her runway. I really liked her, her runway concept. I thought it looked good. I loved the mirror around her neck and the idea that, like, you know, Bloody Mary comes out of the mirror. I thought that was really well executed. I just uh, look. I think she was fine, but like the fact that she was supposed to be the royal panto dame, I thought fell flat. What did you think, Charlie? Yeah, for me, like the the character, like got she got like fine. She really wasn't bad, but at the start, I thought she was going to be bad because she. I found the the first bit really awkward. Like she did a thing where she went ee, or I don't know. She just extended a word really long, and I was like, that it got no laughs, and I was like. I was like, okay, she's not really getting the comedy vibe. Um, 
and then the outfit I really really I did I love the rough whatever it was called but the the bottom half was a bit hodgy podgy not like I'm literally sitting here with the ugliest fringe gel back <laughs> but, so I can't be judging anyone else's look but uh, just by also just like her like kind of the level that we expect from her and her family like her drag family uh, it's a bit like I don't know I would have expected that from someone who's a bit more like crafty but um it wasn't bad like she really wasn't bad It's just my favourite look of hers. Like, I've not really been that in love with anything she's done before, but I loved that neck and, like, from the head up. I thought it was gorgeous. And I loved that she says she's never seen a musical, like, but she came out, like, the seventh member of Six. Like, mate, there's a, there's a musical out there for you. You just haven't found yeah, it yet. Yeah, um, But, yeah, her panto performance was... She just didn't know what a panto dame was. Yeah. Like, so she didn't know how to play it. And like, it was really obvious because she was playing it like... She'd obviously just read the script with no context. So she's playing it like some like 20 year old hobag big titted i don't know like Gemma collins on big brother or something and like if it wasn't for that costume you'd have had no idea it was a dame really yeah which i guess in one sense is like oh she she made it her own but in the other sense you've got to do the part that yeah given She's twenty. She doesn't know what a panda is. She's twenty. She doesn't know what anything is. I mean, I I knew what a panda was before I was twenty. Like the judges hit the nails in the head when they said they went for the panda dame and they gave it to the youngest girl who hadn't seen a a musical before. And I think you know that was ultimately her downfall. Is this a Gen Z thing? Like, do Gen Zs just? Because remember Dakota last year. She's so young and she didn't ever watch a musical or something. But I would have thought like uh, musicals were were bigger with Gen Z. With like, what's that? What Evan? Dear Heaven Hansen. Like there's certain like the musicals I feel that like are very Gen Z, Hamilton, a big Gen Z following. So, oh, okay. um, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just But when we were kids, we were very lucky and ITV would put on a mu uh, the panto every Christmas and you'd have like Mylene Class singing in the middle of it, or you'd have Melinda Messenger playing Cinderella or something. And like, you know, we were very lucky to have that. And now you don't, and now you have to think what does Samantha Fox do for a living? Where does she make her <laughs> money? But you just have to sit and wonder. <laughs> have some respect. Put some respect. I have got Samantha. respect. No, I'm saying to the Gen Z, like, put some respect right. on Samantha Fox's name. Also, love, love Samantha Fox. I have not heard of her in about 10 years. Like, I, I just she did love- every reality TV show and then just ran out of them. Yeah. Size so like I have now. seen her live. She, yeah. yeah, I've seen her live. She did Mighty Hoopla last year or the year before. And uh, my partner at the time did not want to see her. And I was like, no, 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 no. This will be iconic. And she she was so funny. I don't know if she knew the song she was singing. She sang Sex is on Fire. And she really thought she was a rock star. But it was her patter in between. Like, she was... Because obviously she's a, a relic from a different time. Like, she was not really saying the things that like a woke mighty hoopla inclusive crowd might be expecting to hear some of it was borderline homophobic oh. and then she'd say something that only because not because she was hateful but because she's just from a different era like she spoke like that she talked like that do you know what i mean it would have been like bumming jokes and stuff and then every time like it got a bit of a huh she'd be like i'm a lesbian it's fine <laughs> oh. so she's a lesbian i love now. the family <laughs> oh my god Oh. It was oh, it was great. If you can see Samantha Fox live, do it okay. because she there's a recommendation. She delivers you a, a raw performance. 
I okay. think we need her as a guest judge. Is that what we've decided after this podcast? We need her as a guest judge. Oh, God. If we could get Samantha Fox, I or would be in Or based on the humour you just described, get her on Snatch Game. Rue will love a bumming joke. And <laughs> <laughs> we will win. Okay, Charlie. She wrote the panto yeah, this week. She did. <laughs> Charlie, brace yourself. We're going to chat about Vicky Vivacious, who gave us this biker girl with this <laughs> gorgeous sort of... Um, Mosaic, iridescent, blue (laughs) skirt that was kind of like shaped like a pizza oven, uh, reflective color, biker helmet, etc. And in the musical, she played the milkmaid who had no name but was had a lust for life. Um, I did think she did a really good job. I think that you know the fact that she made that milkmaid Cornish, I thought gave it an extra element of character. I thought she had really good physicality with it. I thought the duet was really good with her and Michael. I think she had a really strong week, but I wouldn't have made her my the winner. You're shaking your head. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all I could, all I will say is that I love the outfit because with um, a skirt that has that much diameter to it, a uh, diameter to it, you won't have to push people out of the way because your skirt will. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Vicky vivacious, my darling. You won't have to push me out of the way because your, your skirt will. Anyway, <laughs> no. Do you know what I will say? She wasn't bad. Like she, did, I don't think she was a top. To be honest, I thought she was very safe. But she did very. She did like she 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 like did well. She like her and Michael's uh, duet was actually very good. Mm. Yeah, I will I give her that. Yeah, they were really fun. I really like that outfit. I like the proportions, like of the like the hips, and like even though it was really difficult, I hadn't noticed the boots. She was mentioning about the boots. I didn't even notice them until she said like they were pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, and the panto. Maybe I'm a bit meaner because like I've done pantos and I've seen a lot of pantos, but. Like, playing the blonde bimbo is not exactly the most challenging. And, like, yeah, she made it Cornish, but she, she is Cornish. Is like, she Cornish? Are you sure? To... Have you got that on yeah, the record? I know no one's really mentioned it, but she might yeah. be Cornish. Um, So, like, that's not really, like, the biggest. So, yeah, like, it was, that wasn't the greatest stroke of genius. Oh, my God, I've had a revelation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was fun, though. Like, yeah, she did it well, like, the... Did you? But you'd expect the two of them, her and Michael, to work well together because they've been able to work together well for a hundred years. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, but that was clever, clever on their part, you know, to pick something where they could work together and, you know, dip in between each other's legs and all that. Well, let's talk, talk about Michael. Go on. Go on you, you, I was going to say, talking of being clever, this is, I think, very clever. Is that if you're listening to this and you want to get on next season? Just make sure you're from somewhere that no one else has ever been from on it before. Because the way she keeps going on about it, I'm the first Cornish queen. It's like, yeah, okay, you're like the only Cornish queen. Like, if you if you're from Scunthorpe or I don't know somewhere <laughs> really like that no one else is from, you'll get on because you could just make that your whole personality on the show and they'll love it. So that, I think that's that's a bit of sound advice. Scunny for if season you're a little six. gay boy in Jersey or in the Isle of Wight, if you're one of the 12 people on the Isle of Wight, get a wig. <laughs> yeah, it could be you. Could be you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Michael. On the runway, they gave us this like Burkess or Duca inspired mirror shard punk glamour glitter ball bodice thing. Uh, which I, I'm very hard to describe. And in the challenge, and they played Dick. Um, the t- not the title character, I guess it's never titled, but yeah, 
No, he played Dick. Um, and again, I mean, they were on for most of the most of the panto. I thought great stage presence. They really leaned into it. They were able to camp it up, but it wasn't too schlocky. I think this was a good week. And for some reason, throughout all of the runways, the camera kept cutting over to her giving people filthies, and then we didn't really know what that was about because then she got good yeah. at the end. I noticed that as well. I don't know. I also noticed if you like, I'm like a, a, a proper stan of this show. So like, I like feel like I catch on to things like that. I like noticed that when they, when Dee Dee said at the start of episode that someone is going to get whittled off this episode, they went straight to Banksy. Like they were setting the seed in our mind. Isn't that weird? Like they know what they're doing with the little pans. So I don't know yeah, what they were, yeah. I don't know what they're, they're setting up with that Michael thing, but they're setting something up. They're clever. Yeah. Did, how, how did you oh, think? My- so stew. I always miss all of that because I'm just like oh, a magpie. Ooh, it's also shiny. <laughs> did you think uh, they deserve to be in the top, Charlie? Oh, absolutely. I think that that for me they were top two at least. Like, and I think I really liked. I don't know who said it. One of the judges said how like I think it was Graham that like other people being really conceptual with Mira and she was just like, I'm going to do Mira. Like, I'm going to, you want Mira, I'll give you Mira. And I love like, kind of like, it's not old school drag, but it's like tr- kind of traditional British drag where it's just like, it doesn't have to have a concept all the time. You can just mm. turn a funny look and or just like a good look and just like, give us the fucking most. Give us like every fucking accessory. It doesn't have to be deep. You don't have to make everything so, I'm going to say the word again, meta. You know, you don't have to make everything really like conceptual. Sometimes a look can just be a look and I love it. Yeah, she's consistently stunning, isn't she? Like in the looks. <clears throat> like <clears throat> she's an unattractive woman, but like she always <laughs> looks like incredible in terms of the look. I don't mean that in a mean way, even though that did sound quite mean. But like she's not as pretty as the others when <laughs> she's in joke, but like she always pulls together like incredible looks. And like, yeah, like you said, it's not like a concept this week. But I don't know if anyone really did a big mirror concept. I guess Dee Dee's was, but yeah, I didn't Dee-Dee. get it because yeah. I'm too stupid. But yeah, like it was just, but she's done big concepts before. Like when she did that Spice Girls the other week, like that was incredible yeah. as like a concept. So she's like, she gives you like a real mix. Like you can really trust what you're going to get from Michael every time. And like the, the performance was like that as well. Like you could see where they were trying to find like light and shades and like do it. I mean, what I think is everyone did exceptionally well with the material that they had. Like this panto was fun. Were there jokes in it? Of course not. They had to find them themselves. Did they have to say dick and pussy all the time? Yes. But what I loved was Michael managed to find five or six different ways to say dick with integrity. And that is the sign of an actor. I once did a play where I had to say, you're beautiful, fuck me, four times differently with integrity. (laughs) And that's hard. (laughs) And that's why you're doing this podcast today. That's why. That's why you've got to where you've got. That was the audition, babes. That was yeah, the audition. You just had to say that to me. <laughs> okay, Banksy is up next. They played the villain in the uh, Butterface in the Panto and gave us this shiny spacesuit, iridescent, curvy. Um, yeah, I guess space is probably the best thing to call it. On the runway, strutted it down, ass reveal, really gorgeous, like club kid makeup. I'll go to you, Aaron, first. Did you think they were at risk of going home at any point in this episode? I didn't. Do you know what? I actually didn't think anyone was at risk of going home. And I think, had they not, 
fucked up the format so many times in the last few weeks this would have been a save week yes and like i was thinking it the whole way through the lip sync i was like this is exactly what we said when they did that second lip sync for the win you've really screwed yourselves over because now no one can be saved and this is exactly what's happened um I thought Banksy looked great. And it reminded me of that comment you made the other week that she's dressing the way Rue wanted Tia Coffee to dress, like using her body. I thought it was the most fashion of them. But the thing that I didn't even notice until she was going home was the makeup around her eye was like done in the color that reflected the light of the mirrors. Like the, and I thought that was so clever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was stunning. And then her, her performance, um, I thought she was, I thought she was good. I was, when they were giving the comments of like, were you nervous? I was like, I guess she was. I don't remember thinking that when she was doing I it. I think I she missed she did well. a few lines of the lip sync when I watched it. One or two, one or two. Um, oh, of the panto lip sync. And oh. that's what made me feel that maybe she was in trouble. But like, I thought the character choices were great. Um, you know, and I thought she, like, I loved when she came out with just the hood and then came out and then revealed the face. I thought that was great. Charlie, big enough for your girl Banksy. I love Banksy. I do. I will say, like, obviously, like, I'm not playing favorites because out of everyone, yeah, she was towards. I didn't like. I don't. I was the same as you in that. I was like, this should have been a saved episode. We've like, I really was like quite annoyed that we've wasted all that already. But um, because I really feel like she had so much more to give in this competition. I feel like this competition's gonna really like kind of it's gonna miss something without her now. Um. But um, especially like talking of runway, her runway every week consistently has been like my favorite. I think she's absolutely the the kind of the look kind of queen of the of the series. But also she has like the the kind of goods to go with that. In that like she's like very funny, you know that sort of thing as well, and talented. Obviously she won the the ball chat the design challenge. But um, yeah, I do think that like she wasn't the like the best by any means, but she she wasn't bad. I feel like she was in any other season, it would have been like a truly safe performance. It wasn't like a show stopping, but it really wasn't bad. I feel like uh, the bit maybe that she like fell on was that she didn't really connect with the part, like the lines. If that makes sense, you know, like she was doing the lines, but it didn't really feel like she was yeah. connecting. Maybe maybe that uh, push, but like like the same with Didi as well. Like it's just uh, like a, that like that was all that was missing but they weren't bad at all but um yeah I just I was yeah just like really really I feel like really sad that we're not going to get to see everything else she brought looks but beyond looks as well like even especially the snatch game next week because I know she would have had something funny yeah definitely mm. Kate she has an intelligence as well yeah. yeah I think she brings the things that will be missing yeah yeah 100% Kate gave us Twinkerbell the narrator kind of of the whole pantomime and then Gave us this Phantom of the Opera, grey tool, pink wig, face piece with this like tinfoil cape um, around to form some sort of a a kind of reveal thing. Um, I I love Kate. I'm definitely biased. I think she did a great job in the panto. Um, She just guided us along. She her own song was really great. She camped it up. The the runway. I don't know. It was it was okay. It was okay. Charlie? I thought, honestly, she was the winner this week. I feel like everyone gets judged at different kind of, you know, like this whole thing that we had where with contestants like Alyssa, where like their Alyssa-isms meet all other people like 
I can't explain it, but you know, like you're judging them. Like Jinx, for example, was like incredible, but her looks were always a bit lacking. I thought it was like that for this week for Kate, where like she'd clearly stepped out of her comfort zone. Like her makeup did look really good. Her hair looked really cool. Mm. There was a concept to her look. Like she'd clearly tried really hard and it was by no means bad. It was a good look. It wasn't like perfect by any means, but like, I feel like they should have, for me, that was like, I felt like it warranted a win. Like I thought she was so, she carried the, like Michael really did as well. And obviously Ginger, but like, I thought I, for me, I thought Kate was the standout star of that musical panto personally. Yeah, I've been in love with Kate since the start. I kind of wanted more from her this week, though. And I think, like, that comes down to the source material as well. I think one thing that she did is the way that she played that um, Tinkerbell meant that it was harder for Dee Dee to play the Dame because she kind of played Tinkerbell the way the Dame would play, I think. Um, but it made sense for her to be the narrator of the panto because she's been narrating the entire series. So that's just a natural continuation. Yeah, so she, like, Lindsay the other week wanted her to do, like, glamour, and I felt like she she did that, and I thought, yeah, like, I, I totally agree. She's absolutely, she knows what her weaknesses and flaws are, and she's like, okay, this is how I'm going to step up on that. Um, I think we'll get more from her, though. I think she's got more to show through the series, and she'll... Yeah, definitely. I think she's well, the best of her to come. I think next week yeah. will be her But week. I've said that, and, like, this series really is Aaron don't love anything because it'll go. So, guaranteed, she'll probably, I don't know, be shot in the face next week, publicly. By Vicky Vervaitis. For... <laughs> By Vicky, she'll be pushed. <laughs> By a Cornish pasty. By in, in, in royal guard costume. She'll be drowned in her own Buxton water. <laughs> See, again, it's the Buxton thing. It's like everyone having a really niche place they're from to warrant them being on the season. But Kate is amazing. Also, fancy Kate so much out of drag. Kate is so hot as a boy and so funny. Okay, Ginger. Do you think Kate was going to be way more Buxton and she was going to go on about Buxton more and then she got there and Vicky started talking <laughs> about pans- pasties and she was like, oh, it's really irritating, actually. I'm going to drop that. <laughs> want a taste of my Buxton, boy? <laughs> oh, want a sip of my water? Yeah. I'm moist. Oh, my gosh. Finally, Ginger came out in this gold scaparelli uh, pleated sleeves, which... Honestly, to me, reminded me of that like infamous Gemma Collins look, which is like a sort of like kind of beige pleated oh, dress that she wears. Yeah. It just isn't her isn't her style. Uh, with this like so that's kind of iridescent and then a kind of purple um, gown kind of down the, the center, with, which is zipped up. And then she plays Daisy, the rear end of a cow, who breaks into a monologue that i didn't really understand i guess it was like a, this is my moment style monologue but every ooh sound was extended because cow um i don't i didn't know what she was thinking about but I, even i still enjoyed it and i think the fact i i don't like when rue says when things will go down in history because that's for us and the fans to decide and i i don't know <laughs> if I don't really know if that look it's is her go- bloody show. Is gonna go Doesn't down. say fans drag race. You don't get to decide. We decide what goes down in history, and I don't think we're choosing the armless look to go down in history. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Charlie, do you disagree? Uh, I agree with you. As much as I love Ginger, I was a bit like confused by the hype. Um, there's been another. She, didn't RuPaul say something else to someone else this season about this is going to go the. I don't know. There was something else RuPaul said this season. I was like, this is not what you're thinking it's going to be. 
Um, yeah, uh, Ginger was great. Loved her dress actually in the in you know the tinsley dress. Well, that was so nice. Um, yeah, it was good I, for me. Like I said, though, I really I kind of expected um, uh, Michael or uh, uh, Kate to take the win, but I do. I thought Ginger was great. Aaron, did you think Ginger deserved the win? I loved the I loved the no arms. I I just thought it was fun. It didn't wasn't giving me mirror mirror. No, um, not no yeah. at all. The only thing really giving me mirror mirror was Vicky at the end when Ginger won after she thought it was her, and I was just seeing her being like mirror mirror on the wall, sending the huntsman after her <laughs> to push her. Uh, but. <laughs> but um, yeah, and oh, I feel really bad that Mickey Five Aces might hear this, and she's like, "Yeah, I didn't even know I pushed yeah. her." Um, no, she knew. Trust me, she definitely yeah, knew. She knew. <laughs> she knew. Um, yeah, we should yeah, probably no, give Mickey really Five Aces a right to reply to this podcast. You you know, can't I'll, I'll reach out to her. I'll agent. be waiting for my written <laughs> apology, my letter of apology, <laughs> on scented paper. Um, <laughs> it'll just be scrolled on the back of a pasty and thrown <laughs> <out>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no I thought Ginger did well with something that really didn't make any sense like she'd been trapped in the back of a cow um, okay cool um, but we can't be talking finally there is still one contestant that we haven't talked about who was playing the front of the cow yeah. because they were giving me everything. There were no small parts, only small actors. They didn't even have a line and I was mesmerised. The way they tilted their bow head, the udder movements, it was utterly yeah, divine. I can see the point. I want to know I can see the who that I didn't know it until I was there actually. Oh my God. I was like, oh, how can I get there? The 11th queen was like, who was it? Yeah. The 11th queen she was there was all back. along. <laughs> She was, it's very that. Twitter going to be having fun with that one. Yeah, definitely. Maybe she was, they were originally doing the character and then they just, you know, put a cow over the head. Do you know what I mean? In, in post. That's why they couldn't spend the money on the blood splatter in Dee Dee's monologue at the beginning because they'd spent all the money on AI cow. <laughs> AI cow. <laughs> she's doing the rounds now I want to see AI cow in other things do you know what I mean like in the back of Bake Off I want to see AI cow replace Holly Willoughby on the This Morning Cow I want to see her on My Little see... with Sam Fox <laughs> <laughs> yes that is actually do what I do want to see she can replace Eternal now that they're not doing it <laughs> AI cow does the legend slaughter class and breathe this summer <laughs> oh. it's about time uh, I probably would have chosen Michael as the winner because I just thought, you know, there was really strong performances and some really strong looks. But I think, like, Michael probably just pipped the post on both of them for me. Um, so that's probably who I would have chosen as a winner. But yeah, Rue, Rue loved the no arm thing. It had nothing to do with mirrors. Um, you know, Rue runs the show. He can choose who he wants to win at the end of the day. Uh, so that means Dee Dee versus Banksy were lip syncing. To Susan Boyle's I Dreamed a Dream. Charlie, do you feel you accidentally uh, manifested this lip sync song? Um, not accidentally. Okay. It was, it, yeah. <laughs> no, sir, I was saying to you guys before I came on camera today that like I cut my fringe the other day after watching one episode of New Girl and I was like, I want to be wholesome. I'm going to get a fringe. I want a boyfriend. And then um, I don't know, like, New Girl, I don't know, like, Zoe Deschanel, I look like Susan Boyle. And I posted that today, not knowing that was going to be the lip sync song. And I was, like, sitting in front of my TV, like, they're fucking making fun of me. And then they were making fun of me even more because then when the decision happened, I was so 
honestly, and again, I'm not playing favourites, but like, I was like, is this lip sync for your life or how big can you open your mouth for your life? Because it was... I was like, the, the, you know, like in Taste's performance of um, Memory, where it was like, it wasn't trying to be dramatic and like like wailing with your mouth and stuff. It was just like really feeling it. I could really feel that Banksy like actually felt the like the, it felt like Banksy really meant the words and was really like emoting what was, the, what the lyrics were and the feeling and stuff rather than tra like dragging it up. And there's nothing wrong with dragging something up. And I guess maybe RuPaul just preferred that kind of vibe. But like, I was really shocked, honestly. I don't know. <clears throat> I did think Didi did a better job. I I was expecting Didi to go home, and <laughs> for me to say, I think she did a better job, and I'm not surprised she went home. But I think she did a better job, and I'm still surprised she stayed, just based on kind of track record and stuff like that. Yes, think, you know. Um, I think opening her mouth bigger, I ha think helps convey that you know the words better. I thought you were going to say something else. It's always better to open your mouth bigger. Isn't open it? it wide and hope for the best. <laughs> Aaron, split the difference. Who did you think did a better job? Look, I'm really terrified because I don't want to receive any mail. But, um, <laughs> I I was watching it and I, I'm a big Banksy fan and I thought, I actually thought that they would make it to the final because I thought they were revealing each week and me they were too. growing as a yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, and too. I was like, this is exactly what you want to see. This is the journey. And I was watching it the whole time being like, what gave it to me was the um, confessional just before. We didn't get one from Banksy, but we did get one from Dee Dee where she was like, I'm going to slaughter this. And I was like, that was said with a lot of confidence for someone that loses. And I don't believe you have the acting ability to do that. Um <laughs> And I, but I honestly thought, I, I did think she, she lip synced it better. I thought there was little moments of fun in it. I thought, I, I thought she felt the song a bit more. And I thought Banksy, were, I, I felt like Banksy was in her head going, how, how did I get here? I shouldn't be here a bit. I don't know. Um, but the mouth thing I felt for Banksy actually, because like Dee Dee was full on opening her mouth like a python. And it was like Banksy was trying to keep little grapes in her mouth. And my and I can sympathize because some people don't have a big mouth. And my best friend, <laughs> Laura, just went to the dentist and it was revealed. Like the dentist said to her, have you often found difficulty not being able to open your mouth properly? You have a very small <laughs> mouth. Has this been a difficulty for you in life? <gasps> Not and you, she Aaron. She Poor Laura's dirty laundry. Poor Laura. Yeah, yeah, Don't feel sorry for Laura. I feel sorry for her poor husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe her but... husband hasn't got a problem. Maybe it fits perfectly in her small mouth. Maybe <laughs> Laura has the problem. She was absolutely shocked, flabbergasted. Oh my gosh. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. Before you go, can I get a prediction from you on who's going to win? Um, Banksy. <laughs> come back queen we'd love to see yeah. her she like, she's, coming back. she's coming back she has to like you I really really do like Kate Butch in and out of drag hope you see because I saw you say you're bisexual on this episode Kate so if you if you are you know my my Instagram um, I think for me it's Kate and then but I do also really like um, uh, Ginger and Michael as well I feel like they're my top three Nice. Okay, well, I guess we'll see if you are right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you want to shout your, out your Instagram or anything you've got coming up if people want to see your Susan Boyle style haircut? 
Yeah, if you want to see my ugly fringe, guys, you can come on to, uh, to uh, at Charlie underscore Crags. And also, Banksy did tell me to say, when I said that I was coming on here, Banksy was excited. And then Banksy said to say that the Banksy supremacy is coming. So watch oh, out. We're Woo! excited for it. We're looking forward to it. Snatch game next week. Is this Kate Butcher's to take home? Oh, it's, you know, I wasn't even thinking that because you know what I was thinking? Double Alexandra Burke. This is the moment I've been waiting for the whole series. I when they did that, because you know I normally don't watch the ends, and I'm only watching the ends. I know you you are you you're going to new territory for us, and we yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, so I watched the end, and it was like Carol Vaughan, and I was dead excited. She's going to be panning the Tories the whole way through, and then <laughs> Alexandra Burke popped up on Snatch Game. I was like, that's good. We'll get a lot of sna- We'll get a lot of <laughs> we'll get a lot of Alexandra Burke. And then it, she's on she's on the runway as well. Okay. So if she doesn't do OK.com, we're I mean, screwed. If she doesn't mention elephants. Elephants in the room. Yeah, I mean, her I'm going to be sat. I might, I might come through next week's episode with my Alexandra Burt bingo card. That Okay, I will make an Alexandra Burt bingo card that we can send out to the listeners. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Okay, I'm excited for it. Also, uh, what would be your preference for the lip sync song? If it's an Alexandra Burke song. Uh, oh, it has to be Bad Boys, right? Broken Heels, though. I mean, it depends drag, on the Drag, drag, drag queens, heels. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, let's just go for the silence. Let's just do full balladry. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow <laughs> updates on the podcast, head over to SisterPod on Instagram or at Aaron Twitchin at Instagram. Is that just, is just your name? Yeah, perfect. It's still my name, yeah. It's still my name. <laughs> still your name. Uh, do you have any fun gigs coming up this week? Shed- I am in Norwich. Cool. Who knew? That's where Aaron will be. We'll be back next week to get into more RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Until then, I shall see you. I shall love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.